2: Hi, this is Greg Fowler here. Before the show, I just wanted to say that we I recorded a special interview with Striker, Jay McLaren that is available on the Patreon. So if you'd like to listen to that, head over to patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. You can sign up for that and all the other exclusive content we've done for just $2 a month. So if you'd like to hear that, think it was a pretty decent interview. We talked for about half an hour. Head over to patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast.
0: Yeehaw!
2: Thank you. On with the show. Occasion by Gary Cocker. Good evening. It's weird recording yes, on a Wednesday. It is weird. We have to do it today. I'm at the Scottish Press Awards tomorrow. Joel's in America and Duncan is doing something else.
0: He's probably reading the book while listening to a podcast at the same time.
2: Yes, I think he, that is exactly what he's, he's doing.
0: He's an exceptional uh, connoisseur of content.
2: Yes, and uh, all the Glasgow boys are unavailable. It's just, there's fine, it's getting very hard to find a three man pod these days. Yes. Gonna have to whip some people over the summer. Literally.
0: Please not me.
2: I do my best. <laughs> it's not actually even to get used to come on the pod. It's just because I'm a sadistic <laughs> fuck.
0: Yeah, chairman fowl.
2: Yes, exactly. It's about time I I literally cracked the whip and uh, just yeah started being a dictator of this this whole misadventure. <laughs>
0: started. Yeah, sure.
2: Yeah. Anyway, our usual preamble bollocks. Yeah. Out of the way. Let's uh, get on to the oh let's get on to the banter of the matter. Rangers, they've, they've done it again.
0: A beggars belief that they keep doing it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: you're, like, oh, you're all weak. Um, yeah, yeah. What you did
2: there, I see it. Yeah, another late night statement. Yeah, more pesh. Who is doing?
0: Ten past ten at night. I mean, my favourite part of it is at the very end. They say something like, you know, we will bear this in mind for future home and away games. It's like, well, what? You know, how does that have any relevance for future? away games are you just going to say no we're not taking any tickets do are you they- going to say no give us more to which him then said no we won't and you go alright then we'll release another statement do Rangers have a point at all? I don't think Rangers have a point I think there's my understanding of it is that basically Rangers will get half the sand that they yes. usually get and I think the only potential issue is that I think there's one sort of one way in one way out uh, it's like a you know hell in the cage hell in a cell whatever the they have managed w. to do it, Marks call it yeah. They've done it.
2: I think they've done but, it earlier this season with Aberdeen. They certainly did it a few years back with
0: Hearts. Yeah, I'm sure it's not beyond the wit of man to work out a way to have fans going to the same stand. Yeah. But in terms of numbers, why, why would Hibbs care? I mean, Hibbs can easily fill half that stand along with their other three th- stands. They're in a race for second. Why? It's it's the it's the, it's the
2: empty threats they get you when they're like oh we will remember this and it's just this it's a sense of entitlement that really gets your goat because it's just another example of them being like oh with all we give to Scottish football and all this money we give to other teams and as if they keep teams afloat as if you know they have not actually learned a lesson from from their financial troubles and and being out of the top flight for four years and that everybody didn't go bust I know Dundee United are struggling. But that's literally, that's it. (laughs) And also, that's got nothing to do with Rangers being out of the league. They're struggling because they were complete fannies and managed to spend like £8 million worth of Transfer fees and players on complete ditties and hire a series of managers who weren't any good. <laughs> and, and it's
0: not over yet, and they were relegated at Dens. Yeah, but let's let's <laughs> let's let's <laughs> not be petty about it. Dundee United are
2: not out of the league because of Rangers, and I think Rangers fans use United as an example of yeah. see see what happens when when we are out of the league and we don't give money to these other teams. No, it doesn't happen. Everybody, everybody was fine. In fact, a few teams won a cup, and a lot of people rather enjoyed it. So now they're back, and now they've got this again. It's just the sense, like they, they said in the statement, we we have the loyal fans in the country going to all these grounds, helping Scottish football, blah, 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 so you should give us the entire stand. What a lot of
0: bollocks. I mean, and I might be wrong about this, so correct me if I am, but when they were saying about, Oval, oh, remember this for home games as well, I'm guessing that Hibs just get the same corner that most teams do. Oh, yeah. So what's the 900 worst that- people. Yeah, so... And Hibs what, also, what's the worst that Rangers can do? Hibs have Take asked, that away.
2: Hibbs asked for more fans, I think, during the season where Hibbs finished second to Hearts and Rangers finished third in the Championship. I'm pretty sure Hibbs asked for more fans at that game and Rangers turned them down even though Rangers didn't sell it at their end. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and did Hibbs release a statement after that?
2: would say not. yes or no, but, but I'm, I'm going to say probably not, yeah. No. Um, and, again, not only is it a sense of entitlement, it's an empty threat. Like, they're really going to do anything about it. Because they're not... They probably won't be able to cut heads allocation further, because it's already 900. Yeah. I don't even know in that corner of the ground how you could cut it further without there being safety problems. Yeah. because basically, That's basically, like, one
0: one or two turnstiles, and that's it. Because they keep talking as well about, you know, I think there's been a few seasons now they've said, oh, we're going to cut what's... we give Celtic. Yeah. they, they give Celtic That's, that's a bit different. They give Celtic an, an entire stand. Yeah. So... You know, even there, there could be a, it's just it's it was a totally unnecessary faff, and it's almost as if they're trying to distract from the fact that they're creating <laughs> a
2: quite possibly. And it was also the, um, the the other side of the threat was the away fans, so they're basically kind of making it out that okay, next time we come to Easter Road in future and you're not doing so well and you're not selling out your stadium, we are not going to take the entire stand, we're going to take half of it. Um, Rangers, if that's the way that you want to play this and you want to look after your fans by making sure that other clubs always give you a set amount and don't take it away for when those teams play well, which I personally, I don't see why people get upset by the thing that's those teams' prerogative. It's their home ground. If they want to welcome in 15,000 year or 1,500 of a, as long as it's what the SPFL deems to be a decent amount of supporters, Mm -hmm. then... I think that should be up to the home team. But if you disagree with that, and if you think that Rangers should really be doing something about this, then what to do is to do that in future. To just say, right, no, we're not doing it. However, you know they're not going to do that. You know that next time it happens and Hibs aren't doing so well, and they give Rangers the whole stand, Rangers are going to go, thank you, here's all the tickets to the fans, and they're just going to sell them all. What in really? Because they don't, don't want to piss the fans off, because the fans... I think a lot of fans will say, "Oh, I'll be very happy to not do that." But there will be other fans who don't get to go to away games because Rangers, for a Ranger fan to go to away games, it's pretty hard because there's yeah. fifty thousand of them. And even if you're going to places like Killy, who welcome in a lot of Rangers fans, it's still sometimes hard to get a ticket. So these fans are going to be like, "Oh, I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to," you know. It's just, it's, it's just like you say. It's it's getting something, I just, I it's getting something part.
0: shiny, and just throwing it out there. I really cannot wait for their statement next season because if Dundee stay up we are going to charge uh, Old Firm fans £30 to go and see us I'm looking forward to Um, that statement yep so they are going to be furious but we will not care when we take 4,000 of them and just shake them down for 30 quid (laughs) it'll be great (laughs) cheers guys
2: shall we talk any more on the Rangers statement No. No. Okay. we're We're done move on to Ross County they've got themselves a manager's
0: Yes, it's the...
2: The f- managers... I was strange
0: to- Managers. Co-managers. Yes, we have got themselves two Assistant managers. Assistant to the regional manager. Um, yes, it's uh, Stuart Kettlewell and Stephen Ferguson have been confirmed as co-managers. I think the first official one since Jockey Scott Aberdeen in the 90s. Oh, yeah, and Alex Smith. Yep. Um, um,
2: before then, you had Alec MacDonald and Sandy Jardin mm-hmm. at Hearts.
0: There's probably been a few others that we've missed. Um, I mean... Gerard Hooley of- and Roy Evans. Yeah. Um, technically, even <laughs>
2: famously old, in Scotland, yeah,
0: technically the Benetti brothers were manager and assistant manager, but they were basically co managers. Right. I think it was just because Dario's English wasn't as good, so they just punted up a Vano instead. Okay, um, yeah, so it's an unusual move, um, but the more I've thought about it, the more I think it actually makes sense.
2: A lot of Kitty fans seem to be really behind this. It's, yeah. it's not the results have slightly picked up, eh, but I think it's, it's from. The understanding I get of the situation, they just kind of, there just seems to be a feeling that they like these guys. around mm-hmm. are in the club of the fans. Maybe to do with the fact that they've been involved in the youth side of things and the development league. Sorry, the development league team won the development league mm-hmm. uh, last season. It was, and maybe it's just something for the games I've seen so far that they like the the tactics or like the team's approach, like the way everything set out. Maybe they're not just as annoyed by the way they're approaching teams as they certainly were under Jim McIntyre's tenure. I think that was always the thing about McIntyre, is that people who were a bit just like withdrawn from county, kind of looking at it from afar, didn't understand how much McIntyre used to annoy them <laughs> just with his team selection and some of the tactics he would do and players he would drop and players he would play at position.
0: Yeah, I think that top six in the Cup sustained him in the eyes of lazy journalists uh, for, <laughs> for a very long time you ones not mine She's yes controversial the vats of Gary Cogger um, no I think looking at it from a sort of uh, logical point of view they're going to do one of two things this season either they're going to well it's not really them but either currently you're going to go down and the blame for that will largely lie with Owen Coyle Um, rather than with those guys. And And Tony McIntyre as well
2: for his summer business. Yeah,
0: and then that way, you know, the two of them are obviously the cheaper option. They know the club already, so, you know, they'll have a little bit of time and space in the championship to improve. Or they somehow keep County up, and therefore they really deserve the chance to actually take them forward. I, I took a little look at County sort of before and after the appointment, and before the uh before Coyle was sacked, Ross County won as many games at Dens Park this season as they won at home. Well wow. um but since they've been appointed in the sixth games since then they've had uh, been beaten twice, but they've had three draws and one victory. Uh and they only had three clean sheets under own Coyle, but they've had two uh, in the six games and what a victory Kettler. as well beating Sissel 4-0 4-0 which is massive not just for the three points but also for the potential yeah, the- goal difference that filthy filthy looker
2: and the way they talk about it the fans have just kind of responded and this is the good move going forward regardless of whether they stay in the league or not because I mean you can make a reactionary head coach appointment where you're just trying to get somebody to keep you in the league but that's not always necessarily the best thing going forward and I think fans are, are now I mean I don't want to say they're just accepting that they're going to the, the second tier, that's that's not the case, but it's more about the fact that they're just kind of if that happens, we at least think we're on the right track and we might just yeah. need to go down to go up again. Yeah. Kind of thing, uh, And they've if, sort if, of, if it comes to that.
0: And they've short circuited that thing that some clubs do where they really try to when they do go down they try to appoint well, not necessarily a big name, but sort of a flashy name. Like Owen Clock. Trying, try and, Yeah. Um and, you know, try to short circuit their way back up. But instead of doing that they've gone, Well you know. Let's make this appointment. See if, see how it goes. Um, it's bound to go better than Richie Foran, which is probably the last yep, that's very true. similar one. So it can't be as bad as that, surely. So the
2: Player of the Year nominations have been made.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Full full Player of the Year,
0: <laughs> full player, not those half players that you see walking about missing an arm and yeah. like uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> players. Player of the Year. The nominations are I'm just kind of blank for them. Chris Boyd. Mm-hmm. John McGinn, yep. James Forrest yep. and Scott Brown. Yep. We'll just start with there before we go on the young players. Mm-hmm. Any Anybody there who's a bit of a surprise to you?
0: I mean, it's not surprising that I thought, of course they're going to bloody nominate him. But I don't think that John McGinn has been the best midfielder at Hibs this season. Yeah. Probably Dylan, Dylan McGee has been a much more complete and much more transformed and impressive footballer footballers oh that's your phone going off uh, it's, it's still, oh, an air, uh, still an airplane mod oh.
2: um, footballers seem to love John McGinn because he he played in the championship last year and I think by all accounts when it come to the Hibs fans he didn't have as good a season as Dan McGregor who won similar McGeech this year won the Hibs award for player of the year Mm -hmm. Uh, and and even people were saying last year he might not even have as good a season as Marvin Bartley in the the Championship and yet he was nominated for Championship Player of the Year I can't remember if he won it or not but he was certainly nominated and I think a lot of people were a bit surprised by that and the same's happened again Mm -hmm. I think he's probably had a maybe even a better year this year than he did last Mm -hmm. year so it's not quite as maybe as much of a surprise but yeah it is surprising that there is somebody else in his own playing his actual position in the same team as him that might have
0: been more deserving it reminds me a little bit of um, when Greg Stewart was nominated a few seasons ago now when he was playing for Dundee which time? and a lot the second Second. time uh, I think even a lot of Dundee fans were going alright then that's a bit unusual Yeah, Uh, because he hadn't had the greatest season and it did seem a little bit like people were almost feasting off what had gone before not to say that John McGinn's had a bad season by any stretch of the imagination I think but I, it's it's a name that seems to be there a little bit more because it's a name.
2: I think it helps McGinn's. I don't want to go into this too much because we're we'll going to be talking about the top twelve centre midfielders later on. But I and think he it, might make it in. Yeah, he might make yeah. it. In. I think I think it does help McGinn's case that he is a he is a big game player, and so when Hibs have been on the telly, he's he's tended to start in those games, and I think players. Those are the matches, games against Celtic, Rangers, Hearts mm-hmm. that players in the league who don't necessarily support Hibs or know much about Hibs rather than the four times they play them will look at that and go, oh, he's, he's had a good season kind of uh, thing. And McGeer, McGeer has played well in a lot of these games, but he's not somebody that kind of, he doesn't draw your attention as, as easily as McGinn does. He's not quite as all action as yeah, like you it. can't
0: spot him from the sky from a helicopter <laughs> running. Um, <laughs> But I think the other thing as well is that uh, obviously McGinn put in a great performance against Hungary for Scotland, and that probably—I might be wrong here—but that would have probably been about the time that people were yeah that beginning well. to fill out forms. So I think a lot of it does depend on how well people are playing at the time that uh, these nominations go out.
2: I wonder now. He looked a certainty earlier this season. In fact, it looked like he there was a point where he thought maybe he's going to nick it from his own teammate, but. James Forrest has barely kicked a ball in like two yeah. and a half
0: months. He's he's not been he's sort of the opposite of Chris Boyd in a lot of ways. And Forrest started the season on fire, and I think we were all around the table talking in October and November, saying, "Well, it's going to be him, absolutely." The transformation has been incredible, but he's not really done much. Whereas Boyd, obviously, it's slightly different because there was a change of manager, which probably yeah, a change in tactics, which has really...
2: He didn't really do much for yep. like two months and now he's been great since. Yeah. So, But then at the same time, you look at Forrest when you, and you, if it's not Forrest, who's it going to be? Yeah. Dembele's not had as right. good a season as on hasn't. You can say Tierney, but Tierney's probably not as good a year yeah. as last year. He's, more, I would say, more consistent than Forrest, but... You know, when it comes to Player of the Year awards, you're always going to give the nod to an attacking player over a defensive yeah. player. Uh, better's the kind of, I think, the name a lot of people were like. No, Christoph better Hearts are just
0: too shit, to yeah. be honest. I mean, he really, or Hearts as a whole, really tailed off in the last couple of months. Yeah. and again, I think a lot. He, of it he's does made a few on, more
2: mistakes over that yeah. time as well. So it's not like he. It's just the team bringing him down. He's he's not been quite as good as he was when I think I wrote the article around about January time that I think he was the leading contender at that point for player of the year but Hearts were in the midst of that clean sheet run and Hearts were actually looking like okay they could maybe challenge him for fourth place now they're almost certainly going to finish in sixth place the defence is still the second best in the league but they have been a bit leakier and it's just...
0: I think strikers have worked out that they can just sort of throw off Christoph Berra and run (laughs) <laughs> and, it'll, and it'll all be all right. That's happened to him twice in the last few weeks. He's, so.
2: He still had a great season, and I think it would have been deserved if he if he had got a nomination. But it's just hard to complain too much when, like I said as well, with Tierney, if you're a defensive player, you just have to be that extra bit better to get ahead of a, a forward. I know it's I know Brown's not exactly you know a swashbuckling attacking player, but he still plays a bit further forward. He still. Well, I think it just helps with Brown is that he's. Everybody knows how key he is to Celtic and yeah. how much he helps Dick take play, and you take him out of that team and he's just. They're not quite the same, and that's been a kind of running theme throughout the season, which has certainly helped him. Who were you picking to win it?
0: I think it'll be Chris Boyd. Hashtag narrative. Mm. Um, yeah, there is quite a narrative there. Yeah, I think the change in. I mean, he obviously wasn't a joke figure, but I think towards the end of last season, and certainly at the start of this season, a lot of people were looking at him going. It's I think it was a joke figure. Yeah. Okay. I didn't want to be too cruel, <laughs> but he's but not anymore. Yeah. He's had the last laugh. Um, but he's really been transformed this season. I think that if you ever look at all the players on it, as you say, Forrest has been up and down. McGinn. I think what could hold back McGinn a bit is I think people will probably over the next little while think about it and go, why didn't we put down Dylan McGeech? And I think although that's unfair, that might overshadow him a little bit. And I don't know. It's too easy to make a case for Scott Brown, so I'm going to go with Chris Boyd.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. Young Player of the Year nominees are Alfredo Morelos, Lewis Morgan, uh, blank. Kieran, Kieran Tierney, Tierney. Tierney. <laughs> and McKenna. Should have wrote these
0: McKenna. down. <laughs> yeah, have the got here. Um, yeah, Tierney, Morelos, Morgan, and McKenna. Sounds like a really bad solicitors firm. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go there. Yeah. Um, um, any yeah.
2: surprises for you? Morellis is a... Morales is a surprise who I don't think is necessarily undeserving. I know he gets mm-hmm. a lot of stick because of the misses he has and some of the howlers he's had, but... And still, fighting his teammates. and You still need yeah. to think he's 21 years old and he's the second leading scorer in the country. Yeah. Or at yeah. least, sorry, in the top flight.
0: I can understand why he's on it. I think that there's a few others that could have been on it. Uh, I think... Tim Ellie Does he still qualify? He still qualifies. Yeah. Well, there's one. Um... Glenn Camara. <laughs> he still qualifies. <laughs> Cedric o- Obviously, I've going to punt someone from Dundee. Uh, Cedric Keeper and Alan Campbell. Yeah. As well. You could argue. It does it seem is- a little bit because I think the teams this year that have been, you know, when people look back at the season, people will talk about Killy, they'll talk about Hibbs, they'll talk about Motherwell. And obviously, Killy and Hibbs have been represented on the player of the year list, but there's not a Motherwell representative there. I think I was listening to the Off the Ball uh, podcast. Not off the ball. Open goal podcast. Okay. Uh, and they were saying that if you could somehow fuse together Louis Mole and Curtis Main into someone called Multi Main, um then
2: Is that what they said as well?
0: They yeah, that's it's exactly I'm I'm literally stealing terrible power here. It's like a <laughs> brew dog or something. We've got our um, own terrible power. I I mean, s- yeah, I don't need to take anyone else's. Um, but no, if you could if they were the same player, I know it's a daft argument to make, but because they've only they were only each there for half the season. Yeah, yeah. You can't really justify them being on. I mean, for them it would be players Yeah, that, no, that's that's another um, show. But there's been a lot of players who have had a good half a season or have only been around for half of the season either through loan or through coming in January. Um but those names, I mean Tierney's always going to be on it. Yeah. Um Lewis Morgan he's I think he's at Is 18- he said 80 18 goals and 13 assists in the championship but that's against Shabba Laszlo's Dundee United yeah, it's, that, it's that's the, Darren like the weakest Dodd- championship in four or five um, years it's, yeah. it's, uh, and um, I do wonder if, I mean obviously he's been signed by Celtic don't know what's going to happen next season go back to Samaritan on loan probably um, but I just I've not seen enough of him to really you know, definitively say he shouldn't be on there but it does feel a little bit sort of shoehorn and then a wee bit of a sort of tokenistic we don't just look at the premiership blue collar and yeah it does league. It does kind of um, seem a bit like
2: that because yes Morgan's had an undoubtedly great season but has he had a better season than in Cham for example I and mean, yeah. Cham's playing against better players literally but, every single week and he's like ran old from derbies and stuff is and, that is, perennial could, could Lewis Morgan do that? I, I mean, don't think so
0: is that perennial debate about when it comes to manager of the year people say well she always go to the Celtic manager, yeah. or it should go to someone who overachieves with what they've got. Yeah, um, so it's that sort of you know. Depending on which approach you take.
2: Christopher Ayer is very harshly left out. Yeah. Um, I suppose he doesn't really get the nod over McKenna because McKenna's played a lot more. But Ayer kind of came into the team in what was it December? McKenna only came into it in late September. So there's only about
0: two and uh, a half months.
2: I suppose. I suppose that's enough. I, I'm sorry. I was. You know, struggling to work out calendars there. I've struggled to remember the names of the players of the year. Yeah. So, yeah, but... You know what I mean? Both of them have kind of missed parts of the season. I suppose that McKenna's... Ayers maybe just not quite played enough. I think he's... I still thought he was going to get a, a nomination. Because he has been... He's Celtic's best centre-back this year. And that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, obviously the, he was just kind of voted down. And probably it didn't help that the Celtic vote would have... But be Tierney
0: Yeah. In terms of who I think will win it.
2: <laughs> Tierney, I think. Yeah, it'll probably be third year in a
0: row. reckon it would be Boyd and Tierney.
2: i w I'll just to be different, I'll go for Brown and McKenna. Yeah. I think is the closest challenger at the Tierney. Yeah.
0: If it's Brown and Tierney there'll be another statement, yeah. You know?
2: But I lost make it the Rangers vote though. You know, there's gonna be a yeah. lot of players out there who are Rangers fans. To be fair, I don't like a lot of them. are like <laughs> no, that might actually hurt him rather than help him.
0: Would uh, I mean this is this is probably an absolutely wild one, but there was you could potentially make an argument for Josh Windus purely on the basis that he was in for um, yeah purely on the basis he was in electric form around about the time. I keep coming back yeah, to yeah. this idea of when the nomination forms went out, but people forget how good people might have been in August, September, That's October. True. But when it comes out and say January, February, March, people are thinking more about what's going on I'm glad he's not on next. it, because I don't think he does deserve to go no, over the piece. But I, know, I it, know what you mean. He could have. If it was a much longer list, then you would imagine he may be one that's on it.
2: Okay, speaking of long lists, let's move on to the top 12 set of midfielders in Scottish football right now. It's a shame there's just two of us on the show, but I'm thinking of postponing this till a later week. However, we don't have much long in the season left, and so we've still got to do wingers and strikers. And there's going to be like... Probably would have time, but I I don't do any planning. That's the thing I'm going to do for next season. I think I'll actually try and write out stuff in advance so if people are Get on the show, calendar. This is what yeah. you're doing, yeah. Rather
0: than mess rather than me messaging last night at one in the morning, saying, "By the way, we it's at centre mids. What counts? <laughs> um, we also <laughs> make changes
2: next year because this is getting harder and harder yeah. to do. It. Well,
0: it's getting harder and harder to do without over half of list being Celtic yes um, so
2: possibly for next year we might split it up into centre midfielders and attacking midfielders and just make wingers attacking midfielders as well yeah. but for just to stick with tradition one final year like um, your field golf club uh, we're just going to, we're, we're going to
0: have this absolute shambles instead <laughs>
2: yes we're yeah. just like chock full of Celtic players basically um, and then uh, hopefully next year we can get a bit more equality going yeah. throughout the league
0: should we do a few honourable mentions? Yes. Um, given that we've had to restrict this to 12. Um,
2: Greg, Greg Doherty. Yep. Uh, Alan Campbell. Yep. Gary Dicker and Alan Power, both Kelly. Yep. Uh, Marvin Bartley. I really kind of would like yeah, I had a like question mark up. after him. Uh, I quite like uh, Yoki Yokimadou at heart. I think he, he's a decent defensive midfielder, but with a, there was absolutely no chance he was getting on with.
0: And I don't have Scott Allen. Well, we'll get to that. Um, the only other ones I had down were Darren McKinnon. Yeah. Um, I had him. I did have McGarren yeah. as well um, until I realised how ridiculous that was given the state of my top 12. Um, and Murray Davidson was another one that I still have. Can I say why I'm he not? Is, he is the most irritating player for me to watch because he's just always in the way.
2: Can I say why I'm not picking Alan before we start? Yes. I'm not picking Alan because. He's he's been brilliant since he went to Hibs. Uh, really been impressed with him. However, that's why you're not picking him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, the reason I'm not picking him is that it's a very much a tailor-made situation for him to walk into. He's got two fantastic midfielders behind him. One of which is somebody who can dictate play from deep. The other one is someone who can make things happen at all ends of the field. McGinn is, you know, he works his arse off. He, he gets up and down. He does a lot of work. And so does McGeech. That means that Alan doesn't necessarily have to do as much. He's got that specialist role sitting as number 10. He's also got players in Martin Boyle, uh, Jamie McLaren, quick guys who he can feed his through balls to. If you put him in a place like he was earlier in the season in Dundee, if you're talking about his Dundee form, there's absolutely no
0: danger Scott Allen gets anywhere near so, the so top 12. What you're basically saying is if Scott is played out of position... Well, There's there is no danger. However, uh, he was played wide left. Yeah, by Dundee, but at so. the same
2: time, you could say that a few of these other guys have been played in different positions and are still good and yeah. better than Scott Allen was in his.
0: Yeah. And right, but we're so, talking about centre mids though when he plays in the, See, this is the
2: problem. The, the stat guys, the stat guys, I've um, shown that Scott Allen's like expected assists and key passes and stuff were actually slightly better than Dundee at Hibs. But this is this is where stats sometimes fall down because you have to kind of watch and get on get a proper understanding of what he's doing. And for me, Scott Allen at Dundee gave the, way about, gave the ball away too many times in promising areas by trying to force stuff. And that's maybe where his it, stats
0: are coming from. In fairness, he was giving away the ball because he thought that someone like Sophie and Musa would realise that he would yeah. probably run into that space. Okay, some,
2: some of it's maybe not his fault, but some of it is as well and that you need to know what you're working with. And there was so many times with Allen at Dundee where he would he would try and just force something through and even accounting for limited players and and players not quite being on his wavelength it just wasn't there there wasn't anything there
0: but then when he came on against Rangers he totally changed the game
2: he did he had those moments he had the game against Rangers he had the game against Hamilton those things probably would have boosted his stats up over the season as well, because there were other games where he was completely ineffective.
0: Mm. and games le- when he was playing out of position, playing. not in the middle.
2: I, no, I don't know. I saw him sometimes playing in the middle where he wasn't necessarily that great either. And it, yeah, it, you're right, it didn't help that he played in the left of midfield. But being a centre midfielder as well, it's all about being adaptive. And he wasn't that adaptive. He was quite poor at keeping his position. He was quite poor at tracking back. That's a number of things that deservedly count against him and therefore he's not on my list he's only not on the list because it was fucking solid to try and narrow this down to 12 It was and very also difficult. he's only given 6 months of really, or not even 6 months but we're in now April 4 months mm-hmm. of really good play that's in the top flight that's for his entire career there's other guys who have done longer <coughs> they got so passionate there that I choked them on words
0: right so shall I give my 12 through 10 yeah go for it well 12 Scott Allen who we've already <laughs> gone through um, well, you well you, say, you've gone through. Him. You can say why that well, basically the reasons that you were giving uh, before you went. But then he was played White left by Dundee. Um, I just think, in terms of that creative spark, that je ne sou- je ne sais quoi, that uh, imitation of the Greenock Iniesta that is Gary Harkins. He is, he is up there. You're um, I mean, yeah, right now, yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, as you say, there are games when he's ineffective, but I think with creative players you're going to have that you're going to have peaks and troughs you're not necessarily going to have a consistent level if he was playing week in week out as well as he could every single week then he wouldn't be where he is okay so he's my number 12 I've got Kenny McLean at 10 right, and we got number 11 shit Kenny McLean at 11 <laughs> <laughs> and I've got Glenn Kamara at 10
2: okay I've got Kamara at 12 Mm-hmm. For him to be there instead of Allen, it's just a case of Allen's been sorry, Kamara's been better across the whole season. So uh, He did have a dip. He did have a dip, but even then break. he still still wasn't that yeah. bad.
0: One other thing that does annoy me about Kamara is and I saw it plenty at the weekend against St Johnson and the old boy behind me was about to have a heart attack the amount of times it happened. Um, often he'll get the ball and he'll get up to about within about 10 yards of the 18 yard box 28 yards some would say you'll um, get there and instead of driving on taking a shot attempting a cross you know trying to slip the ball in he'll stop and he'll turn and he'll look around him even in a promising counter attack situation right. so I don't know if it's just that
2: it's rubbish bit him <laughs> just get rid of him
0: <laughs> send them off to Swansea if he wants to go I think, um, I, think, I think I think he's got he gets a wee he gets a wee bit into nosebleed territory when he gets that far up the one time that I've actually seen him put the ball into the box, was against Hamilton in the 98th minute uh, when A.J. Leach Smith scored the winner.
2: Okay, so to talk him up, well, since you've talked him down, weirdly, yeah. since you have him higher than
0: me, <laughs> he is... I oh, said, so that's a minor, that's like, you know... For a, a, a defence for a
2: defensive midfielder, which is kind yeah. of what he is, he, he does have just about everything you want. The only thing he doesn't have is size. He's mm-hmm. quite small for somebody in his position. However, he is quite tenacious and he's not afraid to get himself getting tackles and, and win the ball back. He's also good at passing the ball. Uh, not necessarily sliding through balls, but, but just keeping it simple, finding yeah. the open man. And he's good at actually running with the ball forward. He's good at driving forward from deep, and not just not just passing the buck to somebody else. What they call water carriers. But mm-hmm. he, can, he can drive it forward, and he can he can push the team up the park. And that's quite a, an underrated skill for someone in his position half. Because a lot of players in that role just do the absolute bare minimum, and that, a lot of times that's fine. But you can have somebody that can also contribute to attacking that way. He does obviously need to get better at what you said and that trying to do more once he gets further forward because he does have the other attributes that would lend himself to someone who yeah. could you know, get more assists and get more passes. But he's, he's kind of lacking that in his game right now. Maybe he'll always lack that. It might just be confidence. He's still a young player who's really only playing in his first season.
0: And he's playing at Denz week in, week out yeah. with the fans. Blue. Yeah, Blue. Oh, um, Yeah, so I would have... In my initial draft, I did have him much higher until yeah. I actually remembered where, <laughs> that Celtic are in the league, um, which then just absolutely devastated where a lot of people are. Um, so
2: Your uh, number 12 was...
0: Um, my number 12 was Scott Allen.
2: number 11 was Kenny McLean. Kenny McLean. I got him quite higher.
0: Yeah. I I don't know if it's maybe just a case of me seeing some because I think at the start of the season, he, his form really did... Take a wee bit of a yeah, dip and he was he was giving away the ball. Qu- he was giving away the ball repeatedly. Giving
2: up, away the ball.
0: Yeah, sorry, I just heard something, so my my brain switched off for a second. <laughs> um, just confused me with noises. Um, yeah, I don't think he's had as good a season this season as he has in past seasons. His form has gone up since he signed that uh, pre-contract with yes. Norwich. Weirdly, um, yeah, but he is. I mean, he's still an excellent midfielder. So. The problem with this list is that because of all of the Celtic players further up, you do feel it feels a little bit weird to say that he's the 11th best in the league, but I just don't think he's quite been as effective and influential as he has been in past seasons, perhaps because there's been another player in the Aberdeen midfield who's been able to take on that mantle.
2: It's okay, so I've got Kamara at 12, I've got Ryan Christie at 11th, and I've got Yusuf Malumbu at 10.
0: Malumbu just miss out for me purely on the basis that he's not played that Enough much this season. Lot. That's fine. Which I'm going to get a lot of sick for when I get much further up the list to another player. Um,
2: I think you can just tell by Malumba though, he's absolutely dominated games oh, like against yeah. Celtic and Rangers and you can just see that he has abilities that, uh, with the exception of people at Celtic, nobody else in the league has.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And he's just brilliant. I mean, his touch, he's his physical strengths, he's, he's a big guy, he's athletic, he mm. he, can, he can make things happen, he can shove people yeah. off the ball, he can just dominate games from the yeah. centre of the park, so he has to be on it for me, even though it is a small sample size, he just uh, screams great player.
0: And he also has a very neat touch as well, he's able to oh, control yeah. the ball perfectly, um, so it's not just a case of him being a, a bit of a wrecking ball further back, he's actually got that. Uh, sort of sophistication to him too. I've got, so I did feel bad about leaving him off, but I just felt I think he signed in November. Yeah, for he, Killy, he has only so he's not about something
2: like fifteen games. I think. Yeah, uh, I've got Christie eleven.
0: I've got him a little bit higher.
2: Okay, i would say why I've got. You can talk about him later. Then in mm-hmm. terms of he's, what he's good at, he's obviously yeah. good at a number of things. I've got him a bit lower. I've just not really been that pressed with him in 2018, and maybe there's a bit of recency bias there on the part of that, but. I thought he really started Aberdeen. Started the season as one well of Aberdeen's better players, maybe even their their best player up until kind of the turn of the year, and he's just not kind of carried that over. He does have some qualities in terms of the fact that his kind of kind of his dynamism around the final third is something that is quite uh, a key part of Aberdeen's play, and they they do play better when he's at his best and able to move around. And he's you know he's. For our level, he's got a decent enough technique. He can score goals, he can assist, he can, he can do a lot of things, he, he works hard. But he's just not imposed himself enough on games as the season's gone on. And I just don't see. Celtic want him back. And I don't see why. <laughs> like, I, I just don't. I can't imagine him replacing Tom Rogic and Celtic team, or even Callum McGregor. It's going to be hard for him to break into that side. I'm just. I'm not completely sold. And I think. It's always Scotland. Did he play again in the doubleheader? I think he did, didn't he? I think he, he did. But his debut against uh, the Netherlands, I think it's so... It, once you get to that level, you can see guys who, at our level, great, what you would call really good technique. I think Stuart Armstrong's another guy like this, but I would say Armstrong's better. And once you take it up a level, their technique does kind of get found out a bit. I thought you kind of saw that against, with Christie against the Netherlands. It may have just been, you know, a bad game and he had a bad touch or whatever. He maybe he might be not, he might be tired he may be anything. But that just kinda of cast a bit of doubt in my mind and he's not really continued his Aberdeen form to quite the level he had before then to the 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 rest of the campaign.
0: thought so he did score that incredible goal. He's always capable and, of doing yeah. that. Yeah. I think that was one of I'll, I'll just quickly go on to him now, um as I said I've gotten higher up. But for me I think that I know what you're saying about, you know, how can he get past other players in that Celtic team but I think next season I can't see Patrick Roberts being back mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear that he is a wee bit superflu- superfluous but as you say I think Chris... He's end, though.
2: he'd still be back up to like James Forrest and maybe even Lewis Morgan Johnny Hayes has got to come back as well <sighs> Yeah,
0: Johnny Hayes will be back off to Aberdeen in two shakes of a <laughs> lamb's tail That that's going to be the deal Yeah. Um, No, I just think that Chris is excellent at finding those wee pockets of space. Yeah, he's good at that. Um, And he's able to just sort of, you know, when it comes to things like counter attack and just those transitions, he's just phenomenal. And he is one of the few players in that Aberdeen side that when I've, you know, when Dundee have played, he's been one that I've genuinely really feared. I mean, obviously, Aberdeen are one of the best sides in the country, but. If he was missing, I would take it as a real boost.
2: Right, what's your nine to seven?
0: Nine to seven. Oh, I'm going to send Kenny Miller's head spinning with my number nine, John McGinn. Um, <laughs> I know, harsh. Ryan Christie and then Big Tam Rogic.
2: Wow, you have got two players there who are a lot lower in your list than mine. So why don't you talk about, why is McGinn getting so low for you? Why at nine? I can't stand him. <laughs> uh, I just... <laughs>
0: I mean that might sound they harsh, super. but ah, oh, don't start it's that,
2: Gary. So, I just don't think you understand that
0: song as well, and just the whole thing. No, for me, uh, I mean, look, I'm not denying that he's a good player, but the, one of the things that annoys me is that he, whenever I see him, he gets the ball, he backs his arse into somebody, he falls down, he gets the free kick. That's all I see with him. He he did obviously he had a. Terrific game Against Hungary And I think that was One of the games Where I sort of I got John McGinn Cause Except you know At the end of the day He is He's a great footballer He's going to go on To do good things I think the comparisons With Brown are a bit off I think he said that himself Where you know He said we're two Very different players Yeah um, No I don't get that And he at all. Is, Yeah and I think It's it's the easy thing For people to do he's, he's already made Replacement for Scott Brown He's definitely really not, not. Um, But for me I just He just really Irritates me When I watch him play it's just that that style of running, the way that he he just chips away at the opposition players. Maybe it's just I've seen him play against Dundee too many times, and I'm I'm a bitter, bitter man. Um, but he is obviously he's capable of playing incredible through balls. He's got great energy about him. Uh, well, we'll get yeah, on to that. Like, I'll yeah. talk about his good points. What
2: about Tam? Big Tam um, at number seven.
0: I think the only reason that I've got him that low is that in terms of all of the other Celtic players that are on the list. Because let's be honest, it's a lot of Celtic players. Um, I think he doesn't get as much game time, really. So it's really just a victim of uh, the sort of the seventy-minute Rogic uh, experiment.
2: He does lack a bit of stamina. Yeah. That, that does go against. Um, him. But
0: obviously, when it comes to the big games, there's, you know, he's a player that you can always rely on to score against Rangers or against Aberdeen in the cup tie.
2: And you know not remind me, who is your number eight.
0: Uh, my 8 was Chrissie, who we've already Christy discussed. we've already discussed,
2: yeah. right. My 9 is Olivier and Cham.
0: Got him a bit higher. My eight, that might be recent bias. My
2: 8 is yeah. Graeme Shinney.
0: Got him a wee bit higher.
2: And my 7 is Kenny McLean. I had him a wee bit lower. Right, so I've got Cham at 9. He's, he's excellent in a lot of games. He can... Not only is he somebody who can drive the ball forward, he's got pace, strength... He's got really the kind of exactly what you want in a kind of deeper line player. He reads play well. He passes it well. He's somebody who with Brown really can enable Celtic to completely suffocate opponents with possession. You've seen him run old firm games. He stepped up in bigger games, but there's just too many games where he's, he it completely passes him by, mm-hmm. and that's just that level of consistency isn't there yet. And yeah. until it is, it won't be much higher on my list. Once that arrives and he plays through a full season... He's yeah. only 21. So once he plays through a whole season and you get that consistent Scott brown air, 9 out of 10 every yeah. week, yes, he'll probably be the best midfielder in the country. But for and, me, number
0: 9. I think that's why I've got him at uh, a little bit higher. I've got him at number 5. Uh, the reason for that just being that thinking about his performance against Rangers, obviously Rangers have totally fallen apart by that point, so it's uh, probably pretty easy to boss the game in the way he did. But I think that just really... That was a demonstration of what could be coming next season. So maybe I'm just insulating myself a little bit from someone going, oh, I can't believe you had audio Jam that long. <laughs> um, and as well as that, the game against, the other game that sticks out in my head is I think it was against PSG. He started off having an absolute stinker and then he really picked it up a little bit later into the game.
2: Can you talk about the game,
0: number one. Yeah. yeah he did you're right yeah. don't know why I said PSG there because they got bumped from PSG I think
2: he actually him and Dembele in the the game where they got hammered 7-1 I yeah. think him and Dembele were the only two that actually played well yeah. so, he did, so he has to th- have done it in Europe as well but that's what I'm saying he, he's got it and not maybe a big yeah. game player he's not but then you see him in the game like against Motherwell Well, Motherwell did ten men for like 60 minutes as well and you're like isn't Cham even playing so he has those matches that's why he's, he's so low for me Number eight, Shinny. Shinney is low on mine compared to yours and it's it's mainly, I'm kind of punishing him. Not for, much
0: lower, to
2: be fair. I'm punishing him for what's pretty much been a subpar season by his standard and it's just, I think, well, even that's a bit harsh. I still think he's been pretty good for Aberdeen and he's a very important player for them even when he's not quite been at the heights maybe of previous seasons. I've just got him a bit lower because I think there's a number of players here who have kind of surpassed him. Uh, he's, He's just not gotten better. Well, maybe a lot of other guys on my list have, and you know that's not to be harsh on him. He's, I think now he's. We could see he's. He's finally. He's a player who's probably never going to have quite the skill to break into the Scotland squad, no. which is a shame because he is a very good player at this level. But talking about guys with technique and stuff, Shinny at Scottish football level can be that kind of feisty hard-working battler, the guy who's there to make the tackles at the higher level, does he do that? Does he quite have the the yard of pace to, well I suppose he's a quick enough player but does, you know what I mean, does he quite get in the positions to do that and does he have enough ability to do, impact the game going forward as he does in Scottish football as well and I would say he might not, like that's just, I've never seen him at that level but that that would be my guess and like, I don't want to be too harsh on but because I think he's great, and I would love him in any team I had, mm-hmm. uh, whether it is at left back or in centre midfield. But I do think he's a better centre midfielder left back because his energy is so important to the team. Mm-hmm. But it's just I have to I have to pick somebody higher.
0: Yeah, I should probably oh,
2: actually I probably say why I've got McLean higher because, and again, this might be recently biased, but I've just been so impressed with McLean over the last few months. And what really could kind have of stood out for me is just what an intelligent player he is. And kind of what you said about Christie in terms of picking up pockets of space, while Christie, I think, does that in the final third, McLean does it pretty much anywhere from near the defence to further forward as well. He can he can go so many areas and even in games like against Motherwell Way where he played as a false nine, and, I mean, I do McLean could do that, but he's just, he's got that brain to just go with the spaces. He doesn't necessarily have to back into defenders, he doesn't have to run in behind, he just has to go where he can take the ball and enable his, team, enable his team to keep possession To go forward and pen the opponents back Without him in the semi-final Aberdeen couldn't do that against Motherwell And they paid the price as a result Because Motherwell were able In the league game beforehand They were able to hit long balls As, as Motherwell can do But they were doing it to a point where Aberdeen had enough space behind them Where they could just easily deal with it and head it away And Aberdeen were right back on the attack again Couldn't do that in the semi And that played a uh, Maybe not a like a vital part. They still might have because the centre backs lost the game so easily mm-hmm. for being bullied, still might have lost anyway. But that didn't help without him. And he's just he's he's managed to take his game up another level in these last few months. Had he played like this, he's not quite hitting the headlines as he did last year because he was he had he kinda went through these patches as he does where he scores quite a lot. And I did think last year as well. He played with uh, urgency that's sometimes lacking from his game, but I think this year he's looking a more, as I said, a more intelligent player. And if we could put it all together, we could get the urgency, get the intelligence, and just manage to. I know he's fairly old, well, not old, but you know what I mean. He's not twenty-one. He's not spring chicken. He's like what twenty, twenty-six.
0: Let's go with
2: twenty-seven. Let's go, twenty-six. Why <laughs> not? So he's maybe not going to get a lot better, but for these next couple of years could go down to Norwich and yeah. uh, and impose himself in the championship But it would be good to see.
0: I think for me with Shinney, I mean obviously there's uh, there's a wee bit of a pattern where games that he's missing Aberdeen look very pedestrian uh, and also look like a team that can easily be bullied uh, in the middle of the park and I think that we saw or well it wasn't really frightening for us, more hilarious but for Aberdeen fans it's probably a frightening picture of the future in the semi-final where they don't have uh, Chine- uh yeah, Chine, They don't have McLean, and they've got No Cali in there. Not really doing much. No, um, he was nowhere near my top twelve. <laughs> I don't on think on he was ridge. in my top one hundred and twelve. Um,
2: right, give me your run at time so Give me yeah. your six to four. Uh,
0: six to four. Graham Shinney, Olivier Cham, and Dylan McGee at four.
2: Ooh. Any of them you want to say anything special about?
0: Um, we've already covered Shinny and Cham. Uh, McGee, who we talked about earlier on the show, I feel like he's been a much more important player to Hibs this season than John McGinn has. Um, I think that he's overcome, when he was at Celtic, he was plagued by injuries from memory and also wasn't always getting uh, the game time uh, that any player really needs to develop. But I think he's had that at Hibs under Lennon, um, who's, and obviously Lennon's improved a lot of players at Hibs. Um, but for me, McGeoch is above and beyond anything else. And I think he really deserved the Scotland call up earlier yes. this season. I've
2: got McGeoch at six. Uh, not to... I don't really want to say anything bad about Dale McGeoch. The mm-hmm. only thing I would maybe point out is that he's not... He's maybe just not quite as versatile as an attacking player as some of the players on the list. Because he does a lot of the deeper stuff. Yeah. And he he's such a composed player that he just he's able and even in the most frenzied of games to take the ball move away from an opponent and open up a different avenue for the for Hibs to then go attack down and that, that is so vitally important to the team and he he also snaps at the ankles of opposing players as well he's not, he's not just somebody who's good in position he's good out of position as well and the fact that he's managed to stay fit for this entire year bumps him up massively because yeah. that was always a knock on him and it deservedly so fitness is a skill If you can't get if you can't stay fit, if you get pick up hamstring injuries or calf injuries or whatever, doesn't matter if it's your fault or not. If you're picking them up, that's making you a weaker player. <laughs> Just
0: um, ask about every single heart's loaning. Yes, exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, sometimes I wish in were in, not in
0: many ways, he's much more of a natural replacement for Scott Brown and John McGuinness. Yeah, well, definitely. There, there's your that. hot tape. Yeah, there you go. You don't even need a microwave for that But right,
2: You could talk briefly about shinning because I said... Slightly negative things about him. So say some positive things.
0: He's a great player.
2: Mm. I, I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I don't really have too much to. I to really, it's uh, the reason I had him so high is just his influence on that Aberdeen team is exponential. Yes,
2: it is. Yeah, I would agree with that. Number five, I've got. So uh, I had McGee x 5 I've got Cal McGregor. I've got one. Somebody just Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, just has. Underrated technique, I would say, if you look at some of the finishes he's had, particularly the... both semi-finals, the last two Scottish Cup semi-finals against Rangers, the way that he struck both those balls is just... it's... oh, it's beautiful. Each of them, not... I mean, the best strikes are the ones where somebody hammers it and it goes barring in, but when somebody just... you know, just puts their foot on it perfectly and just kind of passes it into the back of the net, it's something really... Just <laughs> damn fucking sexy about it, to be honest. He also... He's just got that ability where he's he works hard. He's smart. He knows his role tactically, and that allows him with his with his running, with his you know the technique he's got passing, all the intangibles that makes him the player that you could pretty much put anywhere in the park. And I think he can put Cal McGregor as a number nine, and he'd, he's a false yeah. nine, and he'd pro- probably still do a decent job. He's been fine <laughs> a few of the times. Sometimes he's a not great games but whenever I've seen him, most of the times I've seen him at left back he's done okay there he's done well on the deeper role he's done well on the advanced role he's probably at his best as a number 8 because he has got that dynamism that allows him to get up and down and you don't really want to curtail that by giving him a specialist role but he, he can do it all and that's probably why he's ahead of McGiock for me because he's, he's just got more strings to his bow McGinn have got in number 4 because John McGinn is, is super. I mean, have you not heard the song, Gary? I, I sang it to you yeah. earlier.
0: End this podcast right <laughs> now.
2: I've got McGinn because... when it, I've, I think I've said this before on the show. When it comes to him and McGeerick, he can just do that little bit more. He's maybe not quite as composed in the football and setting the tempo, but his game is, a, is about more than that. He has to it's take... It's about falling over, he has getting to, those fouls. He has to take more risks. He has to to try and split a defence he has to occasionally give it away by, by trying something that maybe McGiock wouldn't do because you can't just have two guys there who are sitting there trying to dictate tempo I think McGinn if he was given that specialised role would do quite well but again you're curtailing somebody because he's so good at running forward with the ball and again this is something that I've said in the show he's brilliant when the game breaks down when things get frenzied and it gets like back and forth. that's when that's when <laughs> you just do the impression of him but that's when he thrives when he when it becomes uh, what NFL fans would say sandlot football. When things don't quite go according to plan, something breaks off, a team's caught in the counter and it's just John again driving up the park. That's one of the most exciting things with Scottish football. He's also very erratic from distance, but he can hit a shot. He can score an absolute fucker. And that's again something that Dylan McGeoch doesn't have in his locker. McGregor does a bit, as I already said, but I don't know. Him and McGregor, it's, it's hard to pick them apart. I probably have gone for again just because Earlier in the season, you had the McGinn versus McGregor match at Parkhead, Mm -hmm. and undoubtedly the better player of those two, that game was McGinn. And so that's maybe clouding my judgement for those who think McGregor deserves to be above him.
0: Top three. Top three. I have Callum McGregor at three, Stuart the at Armstrong at two, and Brunet at one.
2: I've got the same two and one as you. I've got Tom Rogic at three. I've got Rodgers at three just because there is no player like him in Scottish football and he is devastating when he's at his best. Yes. He is fucking huge and he's got the silkiest of feet. It's the old cliche, but for, for such a big guy, his feet are ridiculous. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that, that is undoubtedly a strength. If you're somebody who is that big so that you can physically dominate players and at the same time you can dance around them. I mean, that's just incredible. And he has that. He should be number one in this list. And he has had a poor season, which is why I've I've not knocked him down as far as you have. No. But I've knocked him down to three. Because when he is on his game, there's nobody like him in Scottish football. You cannot stop Tom Rodgick if he has got everything going for him.
0: Again, I think with these lists, as I said earlier, it's just so difficult because you don't want to just have the... Obviously, it's about the 12 best, but you don't want to just list, here's all the Celtic center mids who obviously would walk into pretty much any team. Um, and then go and here's the others it's a little bit about their influence as well um, but no I can totally understand why you have Rogic up higher I'm not going to die in a ditch over that Fair I'm enough. like John McGinn
2: Stuart Armstrong you've got do you want to say anything more Gregor or we? I've covered it yep. Stuart Armstrong his he's, head is fine, he scores yeah. belters all the time Yeah,
0: It's just a pity he's not played more this season Yeah,
2: uh, poor form at the start of the year His contract situation I think kind of distracted him yeah. And he's had kind of injury niggles as yeah. well Which has always kind of been a wee thing with Armstrong mm-hmm. He's never been one of those that's been out for long periods But he does tend to pick up knocks and, and strains now and again That just kind of interrupt his momentum Armstrong's just...
0: If you forget about what he did against England
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite <laughs> for Let's
0: that. just put that in a box and put it away. Um, interestingly, there was I can't remember what game it was, but I think about did he come on against Rangers? I think he did Whoa. in the semi-final. No, he but, was out. Was he out? He was out. Of that there was game. a game I can't remember which Celtic game it was, but there was a game when Celts were breaking up the park, and he had options left and right, and he managed to actually get the ball to his teammate. <laughs> Not pass it back to the opposition, and end up losing the goal.
2: Armstrong's best attributes are—I don't really like him. I've said this before. I don't really like him as a number ten because it kind of limits the yeah. amount of space he can he can move into. His best thing is taking the ball and charging forward, yeah, with just it. like breaking through the ranks yes. and just exactly yeah. and causing chaos in the opposing team. Because if you can break through, it's one thing to pass through the lines. If you can just charge through them, that that can cause mayhem. Yeah. And that's what he's so good at doing. He's also great at f- finishing anywhere inside twenty yards, yeah. and those are things that you want in <laughs> just any midfielder. He's also big, athletic, very intelligent. Aside from just having a poor season by his standards, he- you you do worry about him a wee bit because he only had that one great season at Celtic, and now he's kind of follow ups. His second album's not been that good. So I do hope that wherever he goes, because I do fancy him to leave in the summer, but yeah. whatever he does, I hope he can he, he picks the right place so he can continue that momentum, because if he can get back to where he was the year before, he does have a lot of great attributes. And as I kind of alluded to earlier, I, I almost was slightly concerned about his technique at the highest level. I don't I don't see him being a top half Premiership player. No, I, just I think Sorry, of Premier League player, because I just... Yeah. The technique's not quite there. You can see it in Europe. Sometimes it gets a little bit exposed.
0: But I think he was being watched by was it Brighton and Newcastle. That makes a
2: bit more sense. Yes.
0: So you can see that. Sort I would of, maybe
2: go to a top end championship team first and just get your legs under you. But in English football, get that. Make sure you've got that confidence to drop him right into a situation like Newcastle or Brighton. I would. I would be a little bit fearful. However, I wouldn't necessarily back against them at the same time.
0: Could join. Keirany at Fulham good do just chucking it out there yeah, don't know me.
2: why Scott Brown number one
0: yeah, he's, he is the player that we all love to hate when yes. he's playing our team runs the um, show he, still, yeah, just absolutely, he runs the show both for Celtic and at Celtic if that makes sense if he's missing from the team Celtic don't have that sort of human metronome they're just always in the right place to intercept the ball always knows just how to make the tackle you know, just dirty enough that it stops play but not dirty no. enough that he's necessarily going to get good oh, yeah. he's, he's, for it right away. He's, he's, a, he's, a, a, master master. Yep. he's a master at it. He's
2: a master It's a skill. Yep. It is a skill.
0: Um, always shaves his head for the games against Rangers as well. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that detail. No, I think he's he suffers a wee bit unfairly from this reputation of being dirty. Obviously he is, you know he does what he does. He breaks up play um, he ensures that Celtic don't ever really get caught on the hop yeah as Brown says
2: I don't think he's ever tried to stand on anybody's no. balls before
0: no um, and he's not obviously got that side to him that he had initially at Hibs where you know he would burst you know burst through the lines and then just take a shot and bleach it in from 30 yards out doesn't have that anymore but he doesn't really need it um, he's got tremendous stamina he's
2: 32 i want to say yeah um, so he's got he was, eyes in the back of his head as well Yeah. whenever he's pressured by like an opposing striker or an opposing attacking midfielder, he seems to know that they're there, yeah. even without getting a shout or anything, and yeah. just turns I mean, away from them so easily.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I think that you know you talked about when we were talking about Armstrong. He talks about that difficult second season. Uh, obviously, Brown's been there for years now, but uh, he had a tremendous season last year under Rodgers And I think most players have either picked up this season after having a fairly mediocre season last year, maybe like Forrest. Or they had a great season last year and they've sort of really dipped down. Someone like Patrick Roberts, for example. Uh, but Brown's had two consistently brilliant seasons. Influential. He'll be missed. Sorry, that <laughs> makes it sound like I'm about to bump him off. <laughs> RIP MP Scott Brown. We hardly knew but you. But we said they'll
2: um, is a replacement. Or should
0: be. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe Rogers will just sign Alan Campbell why not G- Why not?
2: Glen Kimara Glen Kamana Glenn oh, would actually be a better replacement than yeah. John McGinn
0: he's been linked with Celtic Rangers and Swansea oddly enough um, but no I mean there's I think the one thing about this list was it was difficult to narrow it down to 12 but before I even started really thinking about it I thought well Scott Burns, number one I'll have a lot of Celtic players in there at other places Yes, um, but there was no doubt about where he was going to land there was no doubt he was going to get nominated for player of the year mm-hmm. either um, kudos.
2: Yep, well done, Brownie or Brownie, as uh, oh, Brendan God. Rogers calls him. Painful. Yes, right. That's it. Thank you very much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed. I'll talk to you again sometime. Goodbye.
1: See you. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?